सो वी आर डूइंग चैप्टर टेन द महिमा ऑफ श्री साई समर्थ मिशंस टू श्री गणेश टू श्री सरस्वती टू श्री गुरु महाराज टू द फैमिली डेटी टू सीता रामचंद्र माई मोस्ट हम्बल ऑफिसंस आई बाव इन रेवरेंस टू द मोस्ट वेनरेबल गुरु श्री साईनाथ ही हु इज एंगेज इन द वेलफेयर ऑफ ऑल पीपल बट इज हिमसेल्फ फॉर एवर वन विद द ब्रह्म रिमेंबर हिम सीजलेसली विद अ लविंग हार्ट he whose mere remembrance is enough to free us from the entanglement of birth and death is the best among all the means of redemption a means which does not cost even a farthing and with the least effort most easily and naturally comes to hand the fruit which is not trivial by any means hence when the bodily organs are yet strong and healthy every passing moment should be fully utilized for achieving the goal all other gods are illusory unreal the guru alone is the god eternal once you repose your faith in him he will help you overcome even the predestined where there is pure sincere service of the guru there is a total extirpation of worldly life no hair splitting discussion of nyaya mimamsa etc or any other strenuous intellectual effort is required when the sadguru captains the ship the faithful devotees overcome all the threefold affliction adibhut adhyatmik and adidaivik we have done these three kinds of uh, afflictions in the bhagavad gita it's the same thing which the occurrence of these afflictions happens because of multiple reasons adibhut is because of the bhautik reasons like the all the bhutas bhutas basically the five elemental things in nature then we have the adhyatmik adhyatmik basically translates into the spiritual afflictions adidaivik that which happens because of certain reasons why we get cursed and so on and so forth there some some sort of a reasoning is there uh something which we can say uh there is a haunting there is a certain amount of you know old uh, things going on in your house you know that those kind of things can also be there so these kind of afflictions can be removed by your sadguru first and foremost here what is important is to understand ki whether are we giving him that status or no so sai baba has to be given the status of you know basically para brahma you know it has come in the form of a man of a human being if we don't even have that much of faith then what is the point then you won't even have anything to look forward to you can go to 100 temples you can go to 1000 temples for all you care or you can go to churches or whatever you know masjids and all nothing is going to work the reason is because you don't even know how to use those things you can go and you can say the entire you can buy hard the entire bhagavad gita nothing is going to happen like i said you know if you forget buy buy harting bhagavad gita you can play a cd in which the entire bhagavad gita is there the cd is not going to get re- realized okay neither is one pandit ji who keeps on saying ha ah, na full day long he is going to get realized it's never going to happen so let us not get into that so the only mark the only pathway is the guide is important so the sadguru is important to cross over this ocean of worldly affairs you need to trust the helmsman the same trust is to be reposed in your guru to cross the ocean of life trusting this is one word which you need to have the first word is called trust which means faith how much faith do you have the faith is so very important that you need to 
are you willing to give him your guard are you willing to hand over your controls in his life that is the thing anything that is being said by the guru are you willing to listen to it this is the most important seeing the devotee's faith and devotion he the guru gives the supreme knowledge made as easy as com- of comprehension as if it rested in the palm of your hand and enables you to attain with natural ease moksha which is characterized by pure bliss let us now sing the praises of him sadguru by whose darshan alone all the confusion of the mind caused by the illusions of duality between mind and the soul is cleared all the sensual des- desires cease and sanchit and the kriya man are slowly destroyed i told you all yesterday also and a few days earlier also the sanchit means the accumulated the accumulated karmas is there somewhere which you have not come with by the way you have not come with spending money it is like a fixed deposit maybe some big amount of fixed deposit is lying in the bank account that is what is called sanchit what you have come to spend is called prarabdha prarabdha is your spending money that monthly allowance that you get but what you are going to accumulate now okay now your monthly allowance you have got now any additional karma that you keep on doing it keeps on piling in the sanchit it's an accumulation you cannot spend it this time so any person who says you know that i have killed somebody so that person should kill me now how is it possible think about it no it is foolish when somebody says that i have sinned against another person and that person should take you know the same thing out of me it is not possible to do that please understand this i can beat a child the child cannot beat me can he do that no that is not possible so in this life any karma that is created at this given moment in time which is not a part of your prarabdha is going to get accumulated accumulation sanchit it is going to go to that and that is the reason why the only person who can guide you through this process of destroying the sanchit that is the past that is the accumulated huge thing that is there and the one which is happening as of now which is the new new karma only the guru is able to take you out of that prarabdha nobody can touch it nobody in this world will be able to touch it in the eighth chapter the purpose of human birth has been related in the ninth we have heard about the inconceivable mystery behind baba's vow of collecting arms by the way bhakri vegetable at noon baba's concern for kushal chand's well being his sleeping in the company of tatya mahasapati etc has been described which has delighted the listeners and now all oh listeners listen attentively to the following part of baba's story how he lived where he slept in what incomprehensible manner he moved about how praiseworthy was baba's life to both hindus and muslims he was a mother a trusted refuge to a tiger and a goat alike whether both moved about in the atmosphere of fearlessness and mutual affection so much for the business of living now listen carefully respectfully all oh listeners of how sai lived where at which place he slept and so on a wooden plank now see the entire width of this and the depth of this okay a wooden plank four times an arm's length you know what an arm's length is this much from here to this is an arm's length only four four arms length okay and wide as an outstretched palm outstretched palm only this much <laughs> 
the measure of a thumb and the little finger extended would be suspended from a rafter okay like a swing fastened at both ends by pieces of rag think think about it pieces of rag little little you know the broke uh, when you when earlier when as a child we used to go out and buy uh, something from the market and the market fellow will take one pudi and on top of that he will put that string you know the little string white color red color string so that kind of a string imagine he will put those strings together big ones make a pile of them and then he would string them from the ceiling and he would hang them in a u like this like a loop and in that this plank was kept okay and it was suspended from the ceiling very high above even a man of 6 foot cannot reach it all right now i think about this ha huh? it is so high even if it is high of 3 feet you can reach it if it is 4 feet it's difficult to reach you need a stool if it is 5 feet maybe you'll need one cd you know like uh, as a ladder or something and uh, this is higher than that how do you reach that thing so it was suspended from this rafter like a swing on such a plank baba used to sleep earthen oil lamps burnt at the head and the foot of his bed no one ever understood when he climbed up or when he got down <laughs> isn't it very funny he would either sit up there with head bent or would be sleeping on it but when he climbed up or got down from it nobody ever saw him doing so the plank was secured by stri- strips of rags and how did it balance baba's weight well when all the mahasamadhis resided in you not the plank nor only for the name sake when even the tiniest particles prick the eye a man who has attained the siddhi of anima that is ability to reduce oneself to an atom tiny hello okay can hide quite comfortably in it hence baba's power to move with ease in the form of a fly or a worm or an ant he who has anima as a slave will be take take long transforming himself into a fly and he who can stay suspended in the mid air on what consequences a wooden plank to such a one rashtra siddhis like anima mahima lagima etc and the navnidhis stood at the side with folded hands the planks were to him by an instrumental cause worms and ants pigs and dogs birds and even human beings all great and small kings and paupers he looked upon them all equally apparently he resided in shirdi possessed nothing else except a physical frame measuring 3 and 1/2 cubits in length yet sai maharaj the storehouse of virtue dwells in the heart of all inwardly detached and ascetical yet outwardly there was a strong urge to guide people on the right path totally desireless from within forever there was a genuine attachment to the devotee from within from without there was no expectation of the fruit of action whatsoever in the innermost heart but the desire for the welfare of the devotees that appeared outwardly was genuine ah and ibo an abode of eternal peace ye within he yet exhibited anger occasionally one with god always at time he showed ghaulish tendencies outwardly firmly committed to non duality within he was yet involved in the complexities of the world sometimes he treated people with great affection sometimes he charged at them stone in hand there was a volley of curses and abuses on occasions as there was an embrace of blissful joy on other occasions ah uh, this let me tell you this all the great sages in the world they are like that they are on no screw only okay अरे तुम लोग का स्क्रू रहेगा थोड़ा टाइट करना पड़ेगा उनका स्क्रू ही नहीं रहता है तो द थिंग इज यू हैव टू अंडरस्टैंड दीज आर लाइक चिल्ड्रन और दे आर लाइक घाउल्स घाउल बोलेगा जो भूत के जैसा है 
they will sometimes be very nice and talk to you very nicely and at at other time they will literally take one danda and start running after you they can do anything now you will wonder ki why do these people behave like this like mad people you know there are reasons the reasons are to be understood maybe in this if it is explained you will get an idea if it is not then i will tell you but in truth he was calm and self restrained detached and patient forever in deep meditation one with the self and totally absorbed in it pleased and gracious to his devotee always self engrossed sitting still in one asana without the moderation of going or coming here and there with his baton as the treasured staff of a sanyasi his was indeed a quite peaceful existence free from worldly cares without the least desire for wealth or fame and arm collection as the whole soul means of subsistence he passed his day in the yogic state of withdrawal in all the senses he dressed exactly like a yati sanyasin with his baton served as a sanyasin staff in his hand on the lips were the words allah malik repeatedly and for the devotees his love and affection flowed constantly such was the physical manifestation of sai who appeared in a human form only by our accumulated past merit has this treasure come so unexpectedly to our hands those who thought of him as just yet another human being were indeed dull-witted and unfortunate strange is their destiny for how will they enjoy the rare good fortune sai is a mine of self knowledge filled with the pure joy in sai's person cling to him for protection instantly to be able to cross over the oceans of worldly life safely the most constant undifferentiated supreme spirit which is personified in baba is boundless and infinite and fills the entire universe from brahma right down to the tiny shrub the time span of the kali yuga is 432000 years i think we have already discussed about it about 5000 years have elapsed baba incarnated on this earth i i had just given you all these calculations some time back how the kali yuga has started this is the 10000 years of which is called the yuga of the krishna kali the yuga of this it's a transformational stage that we are in listeners may raise a doubt here raise a doubt here but without knowing baba's birth date on what ground can this period be fixed so listen attentively now with a firm determination to remain the resident of the holy shirdi village at the end of his life baba spent 60 years there like a kshetra sanyasi in the beginning baba had appeared at shirdi at the age of 16 and had stayed on at that time for 3 years then he slipped away from shirdi only to be rediscovered by the distant nizam kingdom thereafter he returned with the marriage party and remained in shirdi forever he was then 20 years old and for the next 60 years he constantly remained in shirdi as everyone knows baba left his mortal coil on the vijayadashmi day in the month of ashwin in the year shake 1840 that was a vijayadashmi in the dasharadam you know thus baba's life span was 80 years and his birth date can thus be roughly determined to be shake 1760 that is 1838 can one ever determine for certain the life span of a great saint who has accom- conquered death itself it's a task most difficult to accomplish these great mahatmas always abide in their own place without birth and death even as the sun never rises or sets was is constant and steady in his place in the year 1681 ramdas took samadhi hardly had two centuries gone by when this unique personality appeared bharat bhumi was invaded by muslims the hindu kings were vanquished the path of devotional worship slowly disappeared and people began abandoning the dharma that is the path of righteousness it was then that ramdas took birth with the help of shivaji maharaj he protected the kingdom the brahmins and the sacred cow from the muslims hardly had two centuries elapsed after this when once again disorder set in and there was a divide between hindu and muslim which baba tried to bridge when ram and rahim are one 
without even the least difference between them, then why should the followers insist on separateness? And why should they fall out with each other? Oh, what foolish children you are! Let the ties of friendship bring Hindus and Muslims together. Let generous benevolent thoughts take a firm root in your mind. Only then will you reach the shore beyond. Disputations, arguments are not profitable, nor do we want to compete with each other. Let us always be mindful of our own good and Shri Hari will protect us. Yoga, ritualistic sacrifice, penance and knowledge, these are the means of attaining God. But with all these, if God does not dwell in the heart, in vain is the life, the devotion of such a man. Even when someone harms you, you should not retaliate, but do him a good turn instead, whenever possible. This was the essence of Baba's teaching. That is exactly the teaching of Jesus Christ also, no? You know, when someone slaps you on this cheek, you turn the other cheek towards that person. So there was no difference between his teachings and the teachings of Baba as well. Both their teachings, Jesus and Baba's teachings were the same. Alright? So... For one mat- one's material as well as spiritual welfare, this advice is most beneficial. This straight-faced course can be followed by all high and low women and shudras, just as the grandeur of the dream kingdom disappears on waking up, so will the illusory quality of this worldly life, said Bhava. He whose philosophy of worldly life regarded the pleasure and pains as false had dispelled this dream-like quality by self-absorption and attain- attained emancipation. Seeing the devotee's attachment to the material world, his heart was moved with compassionate concern. And he was anxious day and night as to how the devotee would overcome the attachment to his physical body. An attitude of mind that I am Brahma, a disposition of blissful happiness, personified and the lasting state of desirelessness. In such a one, detachment and renunciation has taken place. We are the string musical instrument and cymbals in hand to walk, wander from door to door with pitiful countenance and an outstretched hand. This was something that he had never known. In the second last line he has mentioned, an attitude of mind, I am Brahma, disposition of blissful happiness personified in a lasting set of desirelessness. See, every guru's job is first to give you the release from the body. We have bodily attachments, you know. First and foremost, our bodily attachments are so many. So first it is the detachment from the body. So how does it happen? By becoming dispassionate. You cannot be passionate about anything, you become dispassionate. In terms of dispassion, it means everything that you seem to like in your normal human being life, you know, I like this, I like that, that will first drop off. You will find that there is nothing in this world that you have a liking for. It is, it's so natural that all your likes and dislikes dissolve. There are no dislikes also. Why dislikes are not there? Because You will say, I hate this, I don't like this. That is also there, isn't it? Some food, you will say, I like this food and I don't like this food. Okay? So, what is this great thing? This And this is basically connected to the food body. The food body is the body which you see, this one. So, what he does is he removes it. He removes this kind of an attachment to the body, becoming, making us dispassionate. Then detaching us from the material worldly things. This is mine, this is mine, this is mine and this is mine. That is the second thing that has to go. And this is the Guru's job basically. He starts putting dispassion into your world, then detachment into your world. Not so that you have to run away from your family or run away from your people and all that. But it means that you have to overcome this undue attachment. Undue attachment. You know, all attachments in this world are going to be making you miserable in a very short course of time. 
Suppose you have an attachment to husband or wife or children or you know car or something like that, think about it. How many days the car was there? Very few months was there. After that it went in the snow and got stuck up. What says Brito? So there is no point in having an attachment to the car also. Again, we have attachment to our own children. They grow up and then they vanish. Suddenly one fine day they are gone. They are, they are leaving what is called as an emptiness syndrome at home. You know, nothing is there. Nobody is there. You don't have nobody, nobody in the house to talk to. Then what are you going to do? Are you going to sit and mope about it the whole day? You can't do that. You really can't do that. You have to carry on. But then how do you carry on? It's not possible. So you will find that there are lots of problems which come about. So any kind of attachment of any sort is going to lead you towards this problem. Attachment to the body. You keep on falling sick so many times. Okay. Whether it is loose motions or whatever, how many times, you know, you get finally tired of going to the bathroom also. Think about it. You are tired of it. You got headache every day if you have got that, what you call that, migraine type of a headache. You know, most of the time, the headache is so strong. Hey, if you come to my drawer over here, you will find at least four different kinds of bottles over there. And every time when somebody comes, I have to just, Achai, do you want this? Axile, take, take and go. <laughs> So next time you come, you can take from here. First ask my permission, okay? <laughs> Guruji, do you have this oil bottle over there or what? <laughs> so these kind of things we have, you know, we, we love to have all these kind of problems in our world. So dispassion about this. What is the use? I mean, there is no use. Let me tell you. I, you know, how many people are there in this world who will say, I want to use those shoes. They will name a very big fancy brand. Nike and Adidas and all that. Okay. Alright. So you don't want to use Bataka shoes. Huh? <laughs> they are very... <laughs> one tenth the price or something like that. No, no, no. They are not good. But both the shoes are going to last you six months only. <laughs> that is provided you use them. Okay. If you don't use them, they will last you for six years or sixty years also. But if you use them, they will last you for six months. That's it. Then after six months, that is 5,000 rupees and this is 500 rupees. Gaya paadi ve do So we have attachment to fancy items. Okay? Very fancy items. We need not have. So this is what he does. Seeing the devotee's attachment to the material world, his heart was moved with compassionate concern. And he was anxious day and night as to how the devotee would overcome this attachment to the physical body. People having attachment to the physical body are going to have a lot of problems. So the Guru's job is to first remove the attachment. Tuck, 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 tuck. He tries to remove them. And he pushes you through that ringer, you know, many a times. Ah, why are you so much bothered about it? There are many such Gurus who get hold of people to make disciples of them. Whispering forcibly in their ears some mantra and cheating them for the sake of money. Okay, next time when you come, I will give you one mantra. You have to give me one, one big check, okay? <laughs> so those are called Guru Ghantals, okay? They teach dharma to the discipline, disciple. They will themselves following the path of adharma. Okay. Now you have seen all those videos, no? <laughs> so I don't have to teach you about those things. All the while, how can they take the disciple safely across the worldly life and help them to avoid the birth-death cycle? 
I don't know about that. <laughs> but here was this unique personality of Sai, in whose mind there was no thought, no desire for publicizing his righteousness, as to win the uh, public acclaim for it. Such was the wonderful personality of Sai, that in him there was no place for ego. On the other hand, there was always an inclination to love his devotee deeply. Among the gurus, there are two types, niyat, that is ordained by God, and aniyat, not so ordained. Let me explain to the listeners the specific functions of each. Now, these are two kinds. One, that have been ordained by God. God has said, okay, you become the guru. And the other one is, has come on his own, as if, like that. To encourage the growth and the ripening of the virtuous qualities, so as to purify the heart and to guide the disciple to the path of salvation, such alone is the gift of the Aniyat Guru. But the association with the Niyat Guru results in removing all duality and in an awakening of a feeling of oneness, thereby proving the truth of the Vedic aphorisms, you are that through actual experience. See, in this Niyat Guru means what? As ordained by the Lord Himself. How does the Lord ordain such type of Gurus? You will wonder. The God Himself will appear to this particular Guru in person, in reality. And then, there is instructions given. The instructions are clear. You have to follow those instructions. There are no two ways about it. You will find that there are many of these gurus in the past who have had this darshan of the divine. And only when they were given instructions that they were able to do what they are supposed to do. Like say for example, Swami Chinmayananda. Okay? His Gurudev was Tapavan Maharaj. Tapuan Maharaj's guru was there from the Himalaya. This guru hardly anybody knew. Again, you will find that there are many of these lineage gurus who are there. But the newer gurus have never been ordained by the God himself, sir. No God has come down to earth to tell them, oh, you become the guru. That has never happened. So if that has not happened, where is the question of taking an ordination? You understand? There is no such thing. So you need specific orders from the above. That is how only you can become. And these orders have to be followed. You cannot say, no, I am going to run away. Let me tell you, a person, when he is on the path, he just wants to run away to some godforsaken place on the earth. He will say, I will go to the Himalayas and I will sit over there. No chance. If you are told by your you know, the divine, you go back to civilization and do your studies and do whatever you have been asked to do. You have no choice. So you have to come back, you have to do your job. So you will find that those who follow Chinmayananda's story, he was ordained by his guru. And you go back to civilization, go and teach Gita, Gita, Gyan, Yajna and all that things. So he did all that. By the way, he was a very educated man. He was a reporter with the Free Press Journal and a very highly educated person. So, do not consider him as some. Same way with we have met Riyananda Baba with, you know, some of you have met. Now, Riyananda Baba's ordination has happened in this way only. Okay? Ma herself has come and blessed him. She has told him to do the Chandi part. Alright? So, why he will not do? So, he has to do. So every night he will go, he will take uh, everybody's darshan and he will come and sleep. And then he puts Ma to sleep also. Some of you have been fortunate enough to enter the room and see that thing with your eyes. I don't know how many have come. I think, Bruto, you have taken some pictures, <laughs> if I am not mistaken. Good. 
So this is what happens. Hmm. So niyat and aniyat gurus. Okay. But the association with the niyat guru results in removing all duality in the awakening of the feeling of oneness, thereby proving the truth of the Vedic aphorisms. You are that through actual experience. Experience is a necessity. If you are guru, just keeps on talking, 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 just jabbering and if you don't have any experience, no use, then you please you can take a resignation letter and give it to him and say, get lost, you get lost, I'll also get lost. There's no point. If you don't have any experience with your guru, then there is no point in uh, keeping him. Why is the body the point? Tell me something. Think about it, you know, you are sick, you are taking medicine. Okay, your doctor has prescribed some antibiotic or something like that. You keep on taking medicine. After 10 days also you are not well. What is the point in taking that medicine? You will chuck it in the dustbin, isn't it? And maybe you will take second opinion. So always, <laughs> if, if you don't have any experiences, if you don't get cured of your ills, better take second opinion. It does not matter. Maybe the second opinion will help. Who knows? So, these Niyad Gurus pervade the universe in an unmanifest state and incarnate for the benefit of their devotees. And once their life mission is over, they give up their mortal coil. So this line will tell you something very, very specific. The Niyat Guru, Niyati, Niyat, Jisko Ban, uh, one who has been appointed. These appointed Gurus, they are there hanging around in the universe. Okay? Mera number kab They must be thinking, you know, I want to come on this earth and I want to... Okay, you have got this job, you have got your ticket, now you go on this earth and teach or do whatever. So they come. And what is their job? They have a life mission. Their mission is there. Something they got to do. What is it that they got to do? It is only concerned with whatever their duties they have to do. And then only they can live. It is the second category that Sai belong. How can I describe his Leela inadequately? As he guides my mind, so will this narration take place. There are many gurus for material science and arts, but only the one who gives the self-knowledge is the Sadguru. He alone shows you the short, sure beyond and is all-powerful. Inconceivable is his greatness indeed. Whoever went to have the darshan would be told the whole secret of his past, future and present without asking for it. Now, only those people, only those gurus who are talking about the supreme divine consciousness, the self and all, those are real fellows, okay? The rest of them will tell you, oh, you put this tavis, you put this mantra, you do this jantra, tantra, pantra and all that. Please, don't even bother to go over there. Somebody who says, you know, I will tell you your, uh, your Bhavishyakal and past and this and that. Uh, you are in your last life, you are the Queen Elizabeth and all that. I'm sorry, boss. Hundred people may be Queen Elizabeth or, uh, you know, um, I think a thousand people will be Napoleon. Any short person coming to him, he will say, you are Napoleon in your last life. Think about it. How can so many Napoleons be there? I mean, I, the, the one gene split into thousand, is it? I can't believe that. So there is nothing like that. So don't you ever go to all these past life regression and this and the, all the nonsense that they come up with. There is nothing called past life regression. If you go to past life regression, you will have present life regression. Understand that, okay? So don't you ever go to past life regression therapy. Your present life will get regressed. Better not. He who saw the Brahma or God himself in all the living creatures who looked equally upon friend and foe made not the slightest distinction between them. He expected nothing from anyone but treated them all alike like showered blessings even on those who were ungrateful. 
Fortune or misfortune does not disturb his equilibrium, nor was he ever touched by doubts or misgivings. See what happens, everybody doesn't come with goodness in their heart. Half of the people will come with, you know, they carry one big knife in their hand and they come. So, so, what does the Guru do? What does the Sadguru do? He cannot be having, you know, this fellow is good and that fellow, okay, okay, send him to metal, metal detector. He has to welcome everybody and there should be no misgivings on his part. He has to shower the blessings equally. There are no choices for him. Somebody comes with a bad heart also, he has to bless him, blessing him. You know why they do that? It is because what you have in your heart is what you will get. So if you have evil in your heart, you are going to get that back thousand times. Think about it. Okay? Hmm. You remember in the last chapter we have done, you know, that fellow removes that 35 rupees and gives him. <laughs> it's like that. So he is going to get 350, things like that. Okay? So like that. So this you should never have doubts or misgivings. While in the body, mortal body, he had no attachment to material object like the physical body, house, etc. Thus only outwardly in the physical body, but inwardly he was totally detached to it. To such a one, salvation comes in the life itself. Blessed are the people of Shirdi to whom Sai himself symbolized God worship, who incessantly remembered Sai, while eating and drinking or sleeping, blessed blesses their devotion and love that makes them sing and his praises all the time. While at work in the barn or the courtyard, grinding at the corn or pounding the grains or churning buttermilk. Sitting at leisure or while at meals or even while sleeping, it was Baba's name constantly on his lips. And, but for Baba and Baba alone, they worship no other God. Oh, how wonderful was the love these ladies cherished for Baba. How very sweet their loving devotion. It is only such pure love and not erudite learning that inspires such de delightful poetic compositions. No doubt, the language is simple. The expression direct, without a touch of learning, but the poetry that shines forth through the words <coughs> will earn a nod of appreciation even from the learner. Real poetry is an expression of sincere, genuine love and the listeners can feel it in the words of these ladies. If Sai Baba so wishes, maybe I will be able to have a whole collection of these verses to make them into a complete chapter which will satisfy the listener's desire to hear them. Formless as God is, he appeared in Shirdi in the form of Sai. But to know him, the ego, all passions and desires must first disappear. For it is only by love and devotion that he can be known. So only thing that you have to understand is love and devotion. Understand this. Okay, beyond love and devotion there is nothing. Or maybe it was the collective merit of the devotees that came to fruition and reaching the point of saturation sprouted into a shoot at an appropriate moment in the form of Sai, which in the course of time bore fruits in the manifestation in Shirdi. The indescribable found expression. The one without a birth was most truly born. The formless assumed a form when love and compassion was poured in the mold of a human being. Success and wealth, renunciation and wisdom, power and manifestation, such were the six excellent qualities that adorned this form. Extraordinary was Baba's restraint. Himself without any possession and in an unmanifest state, he yet took on a physical body for bestowing grace on his devotees. Oh, how kind he was. He won the love and trust of his devotees but as to the real nature, perhaps even God himself could not have understood him fully. Such were his wise and powerful words that even the goddess of speech would not have ventured to utter and they would have shamed their listeners into humanity. These are the words that Sai spoke for the benefit of the devotees. And these words, which rather than translate them, it is a bit bitter, better to remain silent. 
have yet perforce to be narrated since it would not be proper to neglect one's duty. Full of compassion for his devotees, Baba said with uttermost hum- humility, A slave of slaves that I am, I am indebted, indebted to you and have set out to have your darshan. It is indeed by your great kindness that I have met you. I am but a worm in your feces, by virtue of which position I am most blessed in this universe. Oh, what modesty Baba had, what fondness for being humble, and what a perfect state of egolessness too. Such was also his courteousness. Baba above words have been cited as being genuinely true. Should anyone think that I am being disrespectful, I can only beg their forgiveness. If my speech is defiled thereby, if you, and if you are to be absolved from the sin of learning, listening to it, let us chant Sainam repeatedly, which will clear the blemishes of all. Sai's grace is the fruit of our penance of several births. It brings to us a joy of boundless as that of a thirsty traveller who finds a pan poi, although it appeared to all as if the palate relished the different tastes and flavours. He was not even conscious of it, for the tongue knew no relish for the food he tasted. When there was no sensual desires as at all, how could he enjoy the pleasure thereof? And when such pleasures had not the power to rouse the sense organs, could he get entangled in them ever? Uh, by the way, uh, this when when you say na, that whether there were no taste in his mouth is what is mentioned over here. What he would do is, with his big hands, Ajahn Bahu, he would stir that big handa of his. And then he would take out a little and he will taste, acha acha isme na namak thoda kam and he will put that. This doesn't mean that he is taking a taste out of it. <laughs> Please understand. So what happens is, we consider, oh, oh, he is tasting, see. See, this is the misconception which people have. Anything that is done for the purpose of the devotees, okay, that is not to be treated like that. Remember in yesterday's lesson, who was eating the food? Okay, that um, Durvasa Muni ate the food. And what did he eat? Only the nice tasty food he ate. But when it was a matter of talking to Yamuna Devi, Yamuna River, what happened? He says, I have not tasted it. There is a difference between the two. There is no connection between the organ and the mind, sir. I told you, na? Connectivity illa. No connection. Udar button on hai, fir bhi light chalta ne. Samaj me aya? Lekin jidar button hai, udar ungli dalega to shock baitega. Hai ki ne? Samaj me aya ki nahi aya? O button hai, udar raisa ungli dalega to shock baitega. Matlab wahan pe taste hai. Lekin andar ghusne ke baad illa, no taste, sir. So, did you get the point? Mind does not absorb that. There is no desire in it. Got it? It is the desire which makes this bulb glow. Understood? It's the desire in a human being that makes the things go round. Matlab, button hai, button ka connection, oh, uh, but, uh, light tak hai. When you put the button on, the current goes up to that, then it lights up that lamp, isn't it? Now, in these people's cases, that was not the case. The button was there, it was having electricity. The light was there, but when you put on, nothing reaches over there. So, the mind doesn't glow. There is no desire in that. If the mind doesn't glow, even if it is there, what difference does it make? Did you get this understanding? Alright? <laughs> it's a simple way of understanding how it works. So, hmm. 
Although he appeared to all, if the palate relished the different tastes and flavors, he was not even conscious of it. For the tongue knew no relish for the food it tasted. When there was no understood, not the taste is done by the senses. Okay, through the mind, through the mind, and the mind will evoke desires. And when the desire comes, I want to eat more. That is what will come. Correct. Now here you are tasting. Ah, the salt is less. Okay, doesn't mean that there is a desire to eat. Got it? Hmm. Did you understand this? When there was no sensual desires at all, how could he enjoy the pleasure thereof? And when such pleasures had not the power to rouse the sense organs, could they? Could he get entangled in them ever? The eyes saw whatever objects came in front of them, but he was not conscious of what they saw. For here again, there was no desire to take notice of anything. I see the line is explaining down. Got it? I hope that you understand this line. It's a very carefully you have to understand them. Hmm. The langot with which he was born as a myth goes to Sri Anuman. It is said that seen by none except his mother and Sri Ram. Who then would stand comparison to his Brahmacharya? And if even the mother had never seen the genitals, what to say of others? Such was also the strict celibacy of Baba, the perfection of which was his most unique. He always wore the langot round the loins, except for mixtuation. The par- private parts were as redundant as a ball of flesh near the throat of a he goat. That means only for the purpose, only for that whatever purpose he would go that. An organ just for the sake of an organ. This was a position so far as Baba's physical body was concerned. Though the bodily organs performed their normal functions, they were not the least desires or even an awareness of a desire for sensual pleasures. To all appearances, the three gunas, sattva, rajas, and tamas were present in the bodily organs. He even even appeared as a doer of action, but in reality, he was without any attachment to the body and beyond the three gunas. All the sages they appear to do work. They appear to do everything in this world: eat, drink, sleep, this, that, everything. They appear, but they are beyond the three gunas. Don't you ever mix this up with. सेंट विल लुक लाइक ना अच्छा अच्छा कैसे चल रहा है तुम्हारा खा लो बिके हो गया अच्छा हमारे घर में खाना खिलाओ अच्छा क्या बनाया है बोला रोटी दाल सब्जी ये वो बनाया बहुत अच्छा है खाओ इफ यू सेज दैट वर्ड एंड यू विल थिंक ओ दिस फेलो नोज ऑल अबाउट टेस्ट एंड ऑल ओके फाइनलींग इज गिविंग यू अ बिल्ड ऑल्सो वन राइस प्लेट इक्वल टू सो मेनी यू नो इमीजिएटली आर वाइट वॉट कैन पर्सन इज ई थिंग लाइक दैट to realize and understand a saint is to understand how his makeup is how he is you have to you have to ab- observe him observation is important he is outwardly show he is only an enactment please understand he enacts like that he enacts like a foolish person or he will enact like a, a completely dodo duffer chap or he will run after you with one stick or something like that but don't go on his physical appearance okay or the way he talks or the way he behaves he is completely detached being totally detached pure knowledge incarnate and self rejoicing that baba was passion like the anger or lust to repose at his feet he was always desireless totally satiated such was his perfect state of emancipation that for him even the sense objects became brahma beyond sin and merit it was the ultimate resting place of all he had no ego nor did he ever dream of making a distinction between people and when nana ali asked him to get up from his seat he at once moved aside making room for him there is nothing to gain in this world nor was anything left in the other world to be gained such was this saint who had appeared on the earth only to bestow grace on the people 
this most compassionate saint incarnate on the earth for no other purpose than to bestow grace on others their kindness itself in the cause of others i you remember one story when ramkrishna paramahansa goes for the brahmo samaj meeting and he is heckled over there and he is asking his disciple khana khane ko nahi denge kya <laughs> it sounds so funny you know coming from ramkrishna paramahansa he say what is this they have not giving food huh so finally somebody comes and says come come i have we have served you now in front of those 100 people he is sitting in a corner nobody knows that there is a saint over there there is the incarnation of the highest sitting amongst them he behaves like a very normal and absolutely mundane human being he will behave like as if he is, is nobody that is how this sages behave they will never even tell you they will come and sit in your on your floor they will behave as if the uh, whole world is uh, there you know and do anything so ramkrishna parmahansa would sit on the floor and eat his food and he is telling him see this fellow never served us the sweet also <laughs> so it sounds very funny luchi he wants an additional luchi luchi means a puri okay now you will see dekh kaisa hai na hum log marathi mein bolte haurat hai haurat bolega to dekho kaisa khane ko aaye idhar aisa nahi hai ram krishna is a ram krishna ji sai baba is a sai baba sai baba would come to your house and he would ask i want that to eat incidentally in our house there was a very beautiful story which happened uh, after the uh, passing away of sai baba my uh, uncle's wedding was there and my grandmother and my great grandmother were all sitting over there and saying baba will definitely come nobody came okay now they were thinking of having food now what do you do you know you can't have food without offering it to the gods suddenly there was uh, in the backyard there is a backyard there used to be a backyard our house was quite big so in the backyard this person comes over there and says mai kuch khane ko hai kya okay and uh, this uh, the one the lady who was cleaning vessels you know after you cook what you do you clean the vessels the big big ones you know so is cleaning the vessel this lady she says ha ruko ruko main la ke deti hu now he was a muslim type of a person okay that uh, baba with the surma and all that okay <laughs> and carrying all that uh, uh, you have seen the peacock peacock things in the hand so he was like that and he says bhai ko khane ko doge na so she went inside brought something and gave it these people inside okay they later on started eating and my grandmother and my great grandmother were very upset they said what is this baba didn't come baba didn't come baba didn't come and we had to eat food without baba being offered and later on this lady comes inside and says woh bhikari aaya tha udhar piche na usko maine de diya she said where is he bole oh he was standing over there behind i gave him before i'm sorry i gave him before i gave you all and at that time my great grandmother said definitely it was baba who had come and graced and gave the blessings and we believe in that this is what always happens so you need to have that belief okay and nanavali was another person and baba would get up the moment he would come he would get up and offer him his seat and say baitho idhar so like that <clears throat> He had nothing to gain in this world uh, at one zero five seven, no? Huh. 
nor was anything left in the other world to be gained. Such was the saint who had appeared on this earth only to bestow grace on the people. This most compassionate saint incarnate on the earth for no other purpose than to bestow grace on others. The kindness itself is the cause of others. The heart is as soft as butter, say some. But whereas the butter melts only on being heated, the heart of the saints melts on seeing others caused by suffering. He who clothed himself with a kafni patched with a hundred places, whose seat and bedding was made up of coarse sackcloth and whose heart was free of passion, of what value is a silver throne to him? Such a throne would, if anything, be only be an obstacle to him. Yet if the devotees were to slide it under him from behind, he would not try to resist in deference to their feelings of love and devotion. On a placid lake that was shady bloomed a beautiful lotus in the form of Baba. The faithful inhaled his fragrance joyously. Mud and slime fell of the lot of unlucky unbelieving frogs who continued to wallow in the mud. Baba prescribed no yogasana, no pranayam, no violent suppression of the sense organ, no mantra, tantra, yantra, puja. Okay, he did not even whisper mantra in the ears of the devotees. If any of you met some Guruji, Baba or somebody like that and who is doing any of these and telling you yoga san karne se mast banega tu, pranayam karo, violent suppression of the sense organ, matlab yoga, hati yoga and all that, all these things you know. Mantra, Tantra, he said, Mantra, karo, um, Jantra, karo, Tantra, Karo, Kidar bhi pochane wala nahi hai tumko. Means, the, you, you, you are now coming, to, coming back with a return ticket, okay? Back on this earth. Hmm. So please, don't get into all these things, it's not going to help anybody. Outwardly he seems to follow the ways and the customs of the people, but inwardly he was totally different. And so watchful, so correct in his worldly dealings, that was he, that no one would have matched this skill there. For the benefit of the devotee, the saint incarnate, for the devotee alone, are all the feelings, their emotions, their worldly dealings. Remember this. Sai Maharaj is the abode of peace, a dwelling of pure blissful joy. I prostrate before him in obeisance, with a pure heart and unconceited. The place to which Maharaj came walking on his own free will is the only place of great merit. Without tremendous merit from the past, such a treasure is hard to come by. A pure robust seed will bring forth juicy, delectable fruit. So there will known adage, which has been tested by the people of Shirdi. Baba is neither Hindu nor Muslim and he is beyond ashrama and varna. But he can eradicate and totally destroy the afflictions of the worldly life. Unbounded, unyielding and ending as the sky be above. Baba's life is beyond all comprehension. Who but he and he alone can comprehend it fully. The function of the mind is to think, to reflect without which it, it will not rest even for a moment. Offer its sensual pleasures and it will dwell on them. Offer the Guru as its object and it will reflect on him. This is something which I think I was talking about today or yesterday with some people. I said these things to them. I said, you know, the object that is there. Now, suppose there is a uh, Amrish Puri. You know Amrish Puri? Not Amras Puri. Amrish Puri. Okay. Now, Amrish Puri is a villain in the film. The moment he will come in front of you, you know, immediately your blood starts boiling. You know, villain agya, villain agya, villain agya. Have you seen that? Okay. Or when Katrina Kaif or somebody like that comes, you know, you'll go like this. Why? Why is that? The object is going to tease you, is it? So any object that is there in this world, it teases your mind. It will do. Why are you letting your mind disturb it? Amrish Puriya hai ke Amras Puriya hai? ko kya karna hai? Dekhne ka, khane ka, chhod dene ka. Okay? Aryo Thamba. कितने आदमी थे अभी गब्बर सिंह को तुम लोगों ने देखा है शोले में बट यू नो दैट ही वाज ओवरवेट एंड ही वाज वॉकिंग अलोंग दैट बैंड्रा नियर माय ओल्ड हाउस नोबडी वुड केयर फॉर हिम इट वाज लाइक दैट 
He was the son of a very great actor from olden times. He had another, uh, he had another brother of his. I don't remember. He had one black, big mole over here. And I used to see them often on the roadside. And my neighbor was another lady. She was a very nice lady. And always when people used to look at her, they will first start laughing at her. Her name was Tuntun, Uma Devi. You have heard of Tuntun, no? So uh, my neighbor was Tuntun. And whenever she is going, she will talk like this. The moment she opens the mouth, (laughs) we will all burst out laughing. The object was like that, boss. The object should not disturb you, but it used to. So the mind is the one who gets disturbed with the objects in front of you. So let the mind not get disturbed. This is the line which is telling you. So the function of the mind is to think, to reflect, without which it will not rest even for a moment. Offer its sensual pleasures and it will dwell on them. Any sensual pleasure that you offer the mind, it is going to dwell on it. It will be very good, very good. Like that. Okay. So, at that point, why not offer it to the Guru as its object? Offer the Guru as its object, no? And it will reflect on him alone. Hence, concentrating all your senses in the ears, when you heard about the importance and the greatness of the Guru, it was itself an effortless remembrance of the Guru. It was Kirtan Bhajan of Sai that occurred naturally and easily. Panchangri Sadhan, Yajna, Mantra, Tantra, Ashtanga, Yoga, these are the ways of worship possible only to the twice born. Of what use are they to the others? Now think about it, I couldn't even say the first word. Okay? Tantra, Mantra, Tantra, Kisiko Nai Samastai. I mean, think about it, yeah. only the twice born, you know, the twice born are the great people in this world, they are called Brahmins. You ever heard of Brahmins? Yeah. These Brahmins, they are supposed to know all these things. But for us, you know, poor simple souls, we are like a dog in the world. You should not even bother trying to think about all these mantra, jantra, tantra and all these attanga, yoga and all. They are all like French and Latin and Greek and all that. Everything goes bouncer. What do we need to know? Devotion. Bus. Nothing beyond devotion. Don't bother about all these things, okay? What use is it to others? But the stories of the saints are like that. Okay? They guide all the people on the path of virtue. They destroy the fear and the sufferings of worldly life and bring realization of how salvation can be attained by listening to them and reflecting upon them by concentrated study and contemplation on the same stories or not only the twice born in even the shudras and women are purified this cannot be a man in whom love is altogether absent in some it is for one thing in other for another the object of love varies from different people for some the object of love is their children for others it may be wealth honor riches body house fame glory and for for some it is an acquisition of knowledge and all the love when feels Foreign object is concentrated and boiled down to its essence and poured in the mould of the feet of God. It is then that which appears in the form of devotion to God. Hence, surrender your being at the feet of Sai, offering up to him all the material objects of worldly life. He will then bless you with an easy way of getting a blessing. Such are the means, small and easy, by which people can reap the highest benefit. Why then all this disinterest then indifferent? The listeners will naturally have a doubt in their mind. If so, they must gain life in such effortlessness and a easy means. Why are people in general so indifferent as to neglect it? There is only one reason for this. Such a desire will not arise without God's grace. But when God is pleased to bestow His grace, the fondness then desire to listen will arise at once. So seek refuge in Sai and Narayana will bless you. The desire and longing to listen to these stories will arise and you will have found an easy way to spiritual progress. 
Keep the saintly company of the Sadguru. Disentangle yourself from the meshes of this worldly life. It is this that your fulfillment lies. And of this there is no doubt whatsoever in your mind. Give up all your ingenious arguments instead of repeating sigh, sigh constantly and see how smoothly you will sail to the shores beyond. Let there be no doubt about this. There are, these are not my words. These are the words of Sai with a profound significance. Do not consider them in vain. I will take five more minutes, okay? For they are priceless. Bad company is always detrimental. It is the home of excessive sorrow and suffering and will lead you astray without your knowledge. It drives all happiness away. Who else but Sainath or the Sadguru can remove the evil resulting out of such bad company? Preserve carefully, O devotees, these words of such compassionate concern that fell from the mouth of the Guru. They will ward off the evil influence of bad company. As this created universe attracts the eye, the heart, always captivated by beauty, is lost in admiration. But when the same eye is turned inwards, it gets engrossed in the company of saints. So great is the importance of this satsang, that it completely destroys the ego, hence no other means is as effective as the satsang. Always keep the company of saintly men. The company of all others is always defective. Only the holy company is free from the blemish, for in all its aspect is pure. Satsang will free your bodily attachment. So immerse in its power that once you devote yourself to it, you are at once liberated from the bondage of worldly life. If you are fortunate enough to have satsang, perfect spiritual instructions will come to you effortlessly and in that instance the attraction for bad company will disappear. Instead the mind will get totally absorbed therein. For initiation into the spiritual path, detachment from the sensual pleasures is the only way and unless there is a strong urge for the company of the holy, the true self is never discovered. After joy comes sorrow and only after suffering will there be happiness. But man alone welcomes happiness and turns away from pain. Now in this satsang I will, I will tell you one very small thing. Satsanga, santoka sanga actually it is, you have to have the santasanga. Okay. Sant Sang, Sat Sang means Santoke Sang. Those who are the saints, you have a Sang. Sang means a union with them. Then you will have a Satsang. Got what I said or no? Good. Now, what happens is, now if you are in a congregation, a huge 5000 people are there. What kind of Satsang are you going to have? I don't know. A satsang always happens one-on-one. -on -one. It never happens uh, in a collective group. What I am doing just now is called an exposition. It's a part of a satsang, part, tiny part of a satsang. Okay? It's like, you know, um, you go for a big party. I don't know how many went for a party. In the party, there is something which is called a punch. You know, punch, drink. Okay, you don't know, huh? They mix all the ding 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 in it and then you take one glass out of it and drink it. The punch will taste like some fruit juice or some, some bullshit it will taste like. But sir, you think you have tasted everything, huh? Over there. One punch glass you do and you think that you have tasted everything. This is like a, you know, a group thing. It's like taking that kind of a drink. Sorry, you need to go and take direct from the tap, pick, like that. What? <laughs> so, direct from the tap, fresh. Okay. And that is the reason why a one-on-one -on -one is very much necessary. And the one-on-one -on -one is something which very few people in the world are getting it. Nobody gets it. So, one-on-one -on -one is very, very important. It is always better. In most of the places, Ramakrishna Paramahansa would speak in a very big crowd 
but there would always be one person who would sit with him and take it people like vivekananda or mahendranath and all whether welcomed or abhorred they what will be will be and saintly company alone can take us beyond pleasure and pain satsang destroys ego satsang breaks the bird death cycle satsang helps reach god by severing the bonds of the material world instantly to attain an external spiritual state holy company is the most perfect means of purification if you surrender to the saints wholeheartedly you attain lasting peace saints incarnate on this earth to turn towards god the mind who never utter his name or make an obeisance unto him have no faith nor devotion never praise him ganga bhagirathi godavari krishna venya kaveri narmada also wish from the touch of their lotus feet of the sadhus and await their visit to bathe in the waters so this rivers wash away the sins of the world their own sins can never be washed away without the touch of the holy sadhus feet it's our great good fortune to have several births that we have discovered the holy feet of sai maharaj the cycle of birth and death has thus been stayed the fear of worldly life is totally destroyed and now my virtuous listeners let us reflect on what we have heard while we rest ourselves a while further narration will follow the hereafter hemat surrenders at sai's feet but i am with the sandal of his feet and will go on narrating his stories for it will only enhance my pleasure Oh, what a comely figure was Sai! He would stand on the edge of the mosque, distributing udi to the devotees one by one, with the sole purpose of their welfare at heart. He who knows how illusory this worldly life is, and was constantly engaged in blissful self-absorption with a mind like a flower in the full bloom, before him I prostrate in obeisance. He who gives Brahma Nyana or supreme knowledge by applying the collyrium of knowledge into the eyes to the great Sai, I bow in obeisance. The next chapter is even better than this, which, as it enters your heart through the years, will purify it and cleanse it with all its impurities. Will be to all your ends a tenth chapter of Sri Sai Samarth Sacharitya called the Mahima of Sri Sai Samarth, as inspired by the saints and the virtuous, and composed by the devotee Hemadpant. Okay. Now, any questions? Then I will take.